Welcome back to the EverybodySuffers.com podcast. It's the only podcast I'm aware of with a two-for-one special where when you listen to one episode, you get the second episode for free. I'm Carl Brown. Everybody Suffers, how can I pray for you? In my podcast episodes, I have been seemingly wandering all over the place until I realized that whatever it is that I'm putting together in a podcast episode falls under one of the categories of the seven promises of Our Lady of Sorrows. And this episode is going to share an insight I had in Scripture, which is the second promise of Our Lady of Sorrows for those who pray this devotion, that they will be enlightened about the divine mysteries. So today's episode is all about looking at Matthew 13, at one of the most important parables of Jesus, and seeing there something that I had not seen before. This podcast episode is sponsored by Our Lady of Kibeho. Kibeho, Rwanda was the site of the most recent major church-approved apparition of Our Blessed Mother. She warned us of the Rwandan genocide of 1994, and she reintroduced the Seven Sorrows Rosary. Mary gave this warning more than 10 years before the genocide, which she confirmed by predicting the death and resurrection of three visionaries in Rwanda. Three visionaries rose from the dead. And the warning she gave the people of Rwanda, she specifically said it was not just for Rwanda, but a warning for the whole world. So what will you do now? Will you pray the rosary every day as she asked, or will you one day regret not having done enough to prevent what she warned us about? Just as a reminder, the first seven episodes of this podcast are seven full recitations of the Seven Stars Rosary with a different intention or a reflection. Let's pray to the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Lord, help me to say whatever it is you want me to say and to not say whatever it is you don't want me to say and bring this audience to hear whatever it is that you want them to hear. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Matthew chapter 13. It's a passage that most of us are very familiar with, but it's a passage that really has something hidden in it that I think eludes a lot of people. I think it escapes notice just because we become so familiar with it that we might not even see it. And I think this is important, especially for parents, and especially for parents who have children, school-aged, or you're thinking about educating your children. The parable that I'm talking about is the parable of the sower. It's at the beginning of Matthew chapter 13. And I'm going to read it just just to remember what's there and so that we can really hone in on what I think is not there that is implied. So Matthew chapter 13 starts out, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great 
crowds gathered about him so that he got into the boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Others' seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. You have heard this homily. I'm sorry, you have heard this gospel. I don't know how many times, and I don't know how many homilies you've heard of this. But what does it mean? And you might say, Carl, he tells us what it means, and he does. But let's go through it and see what we don't, what we haven't paid attention to in the past. There is the path, there is rocky ground, there are thorns, and there is good soil. Any good parent wants to protect their kids in good soil. But how can we do that? How can we know that our kids are in good soil? And what can we do about these other things? I've read this before, and I, and I looked at the explanation. The path is the enemy. The rocky ground, there's no roots. The thorns are choked by the cares of the world. The good soil are those who hear and understand. That's what Jesus tells us. And even just looking at that, I would find myself stopping there and just thinking, okay, good soil. It has to be good soil. But I never took this parable as an outline for what can be done as a parent, what can be done as an educator. So let's use some basic substitution. Jesus is telling us the path is the enemy, the rocky ground, there's no roots, the thorns, it's the cares of the world. And those with good soil need to hear and understand. What I mean by substitution is not this substituting the word enemy for path and no roots for rocky ground. That's what Jesus already told us. But let's use some substitution to see what we can learn about what Jesus tells us the path means and what the rocky ground means when Jesus says, the seeds that fell on the path, this is verse 19, let's see, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So it's the enemy. Let's use substitution. What do we know about the enemy? Jesus tells us in John chapter 10 that the enemy is a thief and a liar and a murderer. 
So what we have to do with our children is we have to protect them against people who want to be thieves. And what, and ha in what way would they be thieves? Trying to steal the innocence of our children. How can we protect our children against the enemy who's a liar? We have to show them where there are counterfeits. We have to show them where there are perversions of the truth, of goodness and beauty. How can we protect them against the enemy who is a murderer? We have to show them where death is glorified in order to stay away from it. There's a really funny comic sketch by two British comedians. In the, in the scene, they're, they're portrayed as German soldiers, and one of them says, hey, wait a second, maybe we're the bad guys. Why do we have skulls on everything? And the other guy says, what are you talking about? We're fine. And he says, no, 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 think about it. Why do we have skulls? And this is one of the key things to look at. In the culture, how can you know the enemy is involved? Because the enemy is a thief, a liar, and a murderer. So if we want seed to land on something that's not going to be destroyed by the path, by the enemy, then we have to show our children where death is glorified. And we have to tell them plainly, this leads to death. We don't want that. When it comes to the rocky ground, what do we do there? In verse 20 of chapter 13, Jesus says, As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the world, immediately he falls away. He receives it with joy. And the, the seed sown on the path, it's been sown in his heart. It's not for lack of trying, but there are people who are receiving the message of the gospel and they have no roots. It's not these souls that are receiving the seed, the word of God, it's not because of the enemy. It's just that they have no roots. How can we give our children roots? With, I think about this resource that my wife and I had with, for our kids when we first started homeschooling. It was about bells and smells. And that's what it is. It's traditions. It's predictability. To coin another phrase used by Pope John Paul II, memory and identity. We give our children roots when we celebrate the calendar of the universal church in a repeated fashion so that things become predictable so that they know that they they know what's coming there's comfort in that there's consistency in that that's roots if we didn't have christmas and if we didn't have easter what would families do to get together in a special way because if you just say, hey, if you say to your grown kids, hey, it's time to get together, come on over, it's Sunday. If there's nothing special about that, then why would they make an effort? But when we create the roots, 
by, by instilling in them a memory and identity, then they're going to want to come around. They're going to want to celebrate because it's going to both evoke memories of the past and give them a, a vision of hope for the future in their family. This is how we give our children roots. We have to be really intentional. We have to make sacrifices so that they can experience the bells and smells and traditions and predictability to build a memory and identity. On vacations, we need to consider that vacations are an opportunity to build memories. We should look at a time to go out to eat as an opportunity. Really, you're not paying for the food, you're buying a memory. Anything that you're doing with your kids is that, that allows them to have predictability, allows them to have traditions, gives them a sense of security, builds their memory, builds their identity, all of that serves to build roots for them. The next is the thorns. And Jesus says that the thorns, as for what was sown amongst thorns, this is verse 22, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. He's already given us a hint there, the deceitfulness of riches. What are the cares of the world? Let's just use substitution. Their honors, its power, its pleasure, its wealth. Jesus spells that one out, deceitfulness of riches. We have to show our children the the uselessness of passing things. We can't set our hearts on material blessings and pleasure and wealth and power and honors and then hope that our kids don't have the same attachments from their hearts. Because if we start to show our children that honors and power and wealth and pleasure are more important than them, then they're going to think that power and honors and wealth and pleasure are more important than God. And that's what's going to be the thorn that chokes them. So we can't put those things in front of God. And how do we do that? We, we attend Mass every Sunday. We make daily family prayer a priority. We, we tell them stories of the saints to call their attention to a higher purpose, that they should strive to be saints. This is how we respond to the threat of the cares of the world. And the, the fourth is good soil. Jesus says, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. Okay, the answer is right there. Hears and understands. We have to share the word with our children. We can't have our children only hear scripture on Sundays. We should be reading it in order to find things to share with them. If they don't hear it, then they won't know it. If they don't hear it, they won't understand it. We also should teach them, school them in logic. We have to explain the why. 
We have to explain why we do things, why we believe things, why we live the way we live. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. We can't just tell our children about the Bible stories. We can't just tell them the parables. We have to help them to understand it. And that's exactly what Jesus does in this parable. He tells the parable and then the, the disciples say, well, what, what did you mean by that? And then he explains it. Because he who has ears, let him hear. I've laid out a couple of different ways that we can live this parable with our children. But let's not forget about our nieces and nephews. Let's not forget about neighbor kids. Let's not forget about our kids' classmates. If, if we don't make sure that our kids' friends are being prepared to avoid the rocky ground, avoid the thorns, avoid the path, then we're foolish to think that our effort at protecting their good soil is going to suffice. We, ha we have to make sure that our children are in an environment and in a culture that supports what we're giving them. So this whole vision of Matthew 13 came to me in prayer in November of 2023. And I just think that it's the fruit of the devotion of Our Lady of Sorrows because she says, those who pray this devotion, they will have peace in their families. They will be enlightened about the divine mysteries. And that's what I found there. Thank you for joining me in this podcast today. Who can you share this podcast with? Who is a parent of a young child that you think maybe should hear this? Also, tune in for our next episode because I'm going to have another insight from Scripture like this one. I'm Carl Brown. This is the EverybodySuffers.com podcast. After all, everybody suffers, so how can I pray for you? You can email me your prayer requests at Carl at EverybodySuffers.com. Either way, I'm going to pray for you. My hope is that through this podcast, I can help you make sense out of suffering so that either you experience consolation or you can share consolation with others. Who can you share this podcast with? Invite me to come speak at your parish. Tell your pastor to have me come. Tell your director of adult faith formation. Read the testimonials on the website, everybodysuffers.com, and see if you don't want to share that with your fellow parishioners. Consider buying copies of the book, something you can count on for family, friends, and parish. Or you can buy books and I'll get them to parishes across the country. The whole point here is to share the devotion of Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Lady of Kibeho, pray for us. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. God bless you. Have a great day.